Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Super frustrating loss for the San Francisco Giants last night. They had a couple of huge opportunities late in the game. Bases loaded, nobody out. Second and third, one out. And they only got one run total out of those two situations. So was it just a one-night thing? Or are they really just like an unclutched team not able to come through in those situations? We'll get into the numbers next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. So yeah, coming up on today's show, the Giants had this one. The Giants had their opportunity to win this game, go out on the road facing a good team and win game one of a four game series and they blew it. They had a bases loaded, nobody out situation in the eighth inning that got started with a Luis Gonzalez drag bunt, and I forget what happened next, but then Kurt Casale drew a walk to load the bases, and Will Smith, former Giant, came in, and Tommy LaStella, first guy up, hit a pop-up, unproductive, wasn't able to advance anybody, nobody scored, bases loaded, one out. Then Austin Slater got the big hit. This is the crazy thing. This has happened more than one time this season where they've been in a rut where they aren't able to get that big hit. And then they finally like get a big hit with guys not just on base, but all over the place. Bases loaded, second and third, situations like that. They finally get that big hit. And it's hit so hard and right at somebody, and it's a single, that it only ends up scoring one run. And in fact, earlier in the year, they finally got that hit and it scored nobody. Somebody was thrown out at the plate. And so, so it goes right now. So Slater hit a rocket, but right to the center fielder. It is definitely worth talking about if it was the right decision to hold up Tyro Estrada, one of their fastest runners at third base. There's Mark Hallberg, the Giants third base coach, has gotten a lot of heat, I would say, this season. But I have my own opinions that I think very greatly from what most people think about third base coaching. And essentially, my opinion is that aggressive, especially with two outs, you want guys getting thrown out at the plate sometimes because it means you're being too passive if you're not getting guys thrown out at the plate. There's like data behind that. It's it's actually really simple to understand. But your success rate as a third base coach is not just about was he safe or was he out? Like if you're only ever safe, it means you're being way too conservative. 
And like, this is simple to understand because think about it with two outs, the next guy probability of reaching base, let's be generous and call it 40%. It's more like 30%. We're just looking at on base percentage. And so that means that 60% of the time, the next guy is going to get out. If he's a great hitter, it might be more like 70% of the time, the next guy is going to get out. And so if you can be successful simply more than the next guy's probability of getting on base, then you should send him. So even if it's a 50-50 call, it's a no-brainer to send him if it's with two outs. And so that means half the time you're getting thrown out of the plate, and that would be easily the correct decision. So I just want to point that out. This was a different situation. It was uh, one out. And Wilmer Flores coming up next against a lefty, Will Smith, who's not quite the same guy he was with the Giants when he was at his best. And so I understand the decision to hold him up. It was Tyro Estrada. I didn't ever get a great angle of where Estrada was relative to where the ball was. And I don't really know the arm of the center fielder. He made a pretty strong throw home and pretty accurate. So anyway, they they held him up. Flores is a guy who just like doesn't strike out in his, and is historically very good against left-handed pitching. And so I get it in that situation. And Flores worked himself into a full count. He got a slider in the dirt and he swung at it on a full count and this would have given the Giants the lead it would have been still bases loaded one out with Mike Yastrzemski coming up Yastrzemski ended up grounding out when you know it was bases loaded two outs and uh, that was the end of that situation it wasn't probably a ball that could have been turned into a double play though so if he hits that same ball with the bases loaded and one out they probably get another run out of it so it could have been three to one at that point but instead the unclutch Giants in this situation, that's the thing. Are they unclutch in general? It does feel that way at times. It really has felt like this: the bases loaded and nobody out is like the worst situation you could put the Giants in because they don't seem to do well in that situation. So I wanted to look, and sure enough, the Giants have come up with the bases loaded and nobody out 14 times this season. And I'm talking about that specific plate appearance when the hitter is up and there's no outs and the bases are loaded. Not what happens after that, but just that specific plate appearance. So in this case, it was Tommy LaStella. He's the guy who counts towards this number. And the Giants in that situation are hitting 100 with a 214 on base percentage and 100 slugging, which means, I think this means they've had, they've had one single and a few walks and that's it. One single no extra base hits, nothing. So yeah, they haven't done well in that specific situation, but then realize it's just 14 plate appearances. And you can take a random sample of 14 plate appearances for any hitter in any situation and get numbers like this. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything. They also haven't struck out a lot in those situations, which I think is interesting. Their strikeout rate is like way lower than it normally is. And but anyway, we're talking about 14 plate appearances. I just can't in good conscience like read too much into these numbers. So then how about bases loaded and one out? This is the situation that Austin Slater was in and Wilmer Flores was in as well. And in that situation this year, they've had 41 plate appearances and they've hit 379 with a 390 on base percentage and 655 slugging. So very, very excellent numbers, a 163 weighted runs created plus and combined in those two situations, bases loaded, no outs, and one out, they 
have just a 12.7% strikeout rate. And so I think that a lot of people would say the one thing you don't want to do is strike out in that situation. And and they haven't. They really haven't. But again, even 41 plate appearances is a a small sample. And so I'm not going to read too much into that. But as Cobert Gobert pointed out, and I just want to give a shout out, and I do... I'm aware of this as well, and there are certain players on the Giants who have a tendency to do this more, but a ground ball is like worse than a strikeout. We often hear analysts talking about just put the ball in play, just put the ball in play in these situations, but no, a double play is much worse of an outcome than a strikeout in that situation. So if you're putting the ball in play, don't hit it on the ground. Hit it in the air. And so that's why it's kind of key to have hitters. Ground balls are just bad. They're, they're probably a worse thing than a strikeout in a lot of ways. Maybe not because on ground balls, you get hits sometimes. But when you get a hit, it's a single almost always. And when you get it, and it's often a double play if there's guys on base because of positioning, they're right where you hit it and you get it. And it feels like the double play is a big part of squashing rallies like this. So coming up next, there's more data I want to look at. And this is specifically the rate of success for the league and for the Giants when you have a runner on third and less than two outs. It's like the holy grail of kind of a style of thinking that I think permeates through a lot of baseball fans' minds. It's like the runner on third with less than two outs and getting him home. What is the rate of success for the league and what about the Giants? So we'll talk about that momentarily. But first, This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend... 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. You can find out what the part is you need, wherever it is your car gets diagnosed, just before you have them order it. Go look it up yourself on rockauto.com. See how much cheaper it is. Make that decision. It's kind of a no-brainer. Buy it yourself. Bring it back to the dealership if you want or wherever, and they'll install it for you no problem, and you've saved a bunch of money. Total no-brainer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, as promised, I want to talk about this runner on third with less than two out situation, it really is such an interesting topic because it it's almost like there's so much history there. And for a hundred plus years of baseball, we've been talking about this. And so it's, uh, it's worth getting into on a deeper level. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA Draft Night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel so you can get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. So yeah, the rate, the runner on third with less than two out, I have talked about this privately, is like the holy grail. I don't want to like put people into a bucket because I'm sitting there watching the game thinking the same thing. 
get the guy in from third. Just find a way to get that guy in. Runs are runs. I like runs when I'm when the Giants are hitting, no matter what. I'm not going to be one of these people who's like, you have to do well in those situations, no matter what. Uh, and you can't rely on home runs. I will just say you can't rely on always doing well in those situations either. You just want to put runs up no matter how you put them up. And I think there's a misconception that like in the playoffs, these are the types of ways you have to score your runs. And that's not actually true. You kind of actually need homers more than ever in the postseason. At least that's been the recent trend. Teams that don't homer in the playoffs or teams that out homer their opponents in the playoffs almost always win those games and look that the thing is though when you find yourself in this situation it is absolutely 100% unequivocally ideal to find a way to score no matter what right like duh second and third nobody out you can the what drives people insane is that you can score two runs and you don't even have to get a hit. You can hit a deep fly ball to right center field that scores a run and moves the guy from second to third, and then hit another fly ball, and you've scored two runs without the benefit of a hit coming into that situation. But it's just simply not that simple or easy. We have data on this, and the rate at which hitters are successful when they find themselves in that situation, situation being runner on third, less than two outs. So it could be bases loaded, it could be second and third, first and third, or just a runner on third with less than two outs. What is the rate of those individual plate appearances that end with that runner from third scoring? And the league average in 2022, drum roll please, is 52.2%. And I haven't checked on this in a while, but last time I checked, it may have been years ago, but it, it's honestly something we should talk about more just because it's such a thing in the minds of baseball fans. When you find when your team is in this situation, you just so want them to succeed. And if they don't, they're a complete failure, right? Like to an extent, at least. It's like, oh my God, how could you not come through in that situation? Well, what I was saying was last time I checked, it was about 50% as well, maybe a tick above. So generally speaking, you have slightly more than a 50-50 shot, but it's really kind of just a coin flip if you get that guy home. In other words, expect that half the time they're not going to get the job done. And if we have that in mind, I think it's important to understand that it really is just kind of a 50-50 shot. Then it it allows us to be a little more understanding when the hitter doesn't get it done. Like Listella with his pop out, he didn't get it done, but at least he didn't hit into a double play. That would be worse. That's significantly worse than hitting a pop-up or striking out. And for Slater, he did get it done. So there, 50-50. But then Wilmer Flores did not. And then Yastrzemski came up, but that was with two outs, so this doesn't count. The idea is scoring the run without needing a hit. But you can't if, a, if you get a hit, that counts as succeeding, of course. But you don't need a hit. So anyway, 52.2% is the league average. Where are the Giants? The Giants are at 49.7%. So worse than the league average, 11th worst in Major League Baseball. Put another way, 19th best. So it's more average than like terrible, but below average. However, let's look at some of the teams below the Giants, the Houston Astros, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and these Atlanta Braves. The Braves are at 46.7%, uh, three percentage points worse than the Giants. I think that there's this tendency to like over glorify the Atlanta Braves 
when you like go into Atlanta, they won the World Series, but they won the World Series last year with an 88-win team. They struggled to get over 500 all season long. So, uh, yeah, we just uh, the the Braves haven't been as successful. Logan Webb called it the best lineup he's ever seen outside of the Dodgers. Which I mean, he's a pitcher, so he he totally gets to say that, and I respect that he says that, and it makes me listen. But at the same time. The weighted runs created plus of the Giants and the Braves is nearly identical even after last night's game. And look at last night. It wasn't like a blowout. It was a very tight game that could have gone either way. So anyway, coming up next, we'll just wrap up the rest of what we saw out of this game, Logan Webb, and then get you set for the rest of this series. So stay tuned for that in just a minute. But first... Uh, you know how our friends at Built are always coming out with new amazing flavors? Well, this time Built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and mud pie puff. You've got to try them as soon as possible and hurry because the mud pie bar and puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. If you're not convinced, luckily we've saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. No, really. All Built products are low in calories, high in protein, and low in sugar. Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and 8 grams of sugar. So check it out for yourself and all the other amazing flavors at Built.com, where you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, as promised, we're going to wrap things up, just kind of talk about some more about this game, and then get you set for the last few games of this series, and just kind of take a step back and look at, okay, it's one loss, and certainly one that didn't feel good, but at the end of the day, the Giants are still in a solid position. And what al- what also is interesting is at the beginning of the year, my prediction for the Giants win-loss record was 91 games. And right now, if you look at their winning percentage on the season and multiply it by 162 games, it's 90.9. So 91 games. So as uneven of a road as it's been, and, uh, and that's not necessarily the best projection system. Your past win percentage is not necessarily what you're going to do moving forward. But I'm just saying they've played like a 91 win team in terms of their win loss record to this point. So yeah, 91 wins is different than 107 wins. It means you lost 16 more games, but obviously they're not there yet. But I'm just saying 16 games that last year were wins would be losses in a 91 win season. So it has certainly felt that way. They've lost a lot more games so far than the rate at which they lost games last year, but that's to be expected coming off a 107 win season, which is historical and not something that anyone should have expected to be repeated. But yeah, I mean, just to put a bow on that clutch situation, the point that those other teams like the Dodgers and the Astros and the Braves are below the Giants is relevant. And it kind of indicates or should indicate, at least give a clue to the fact that this metric is not necessarily something that is based on talent or skill or that it's sustainable or repeatable or just statistically significant and some kind of skill that you can have and and that the best teams have it. Well, 
plenty of good teams come in at a below average mark in this category. And I would venture to say it's not just that they're unclutch teams or that they are a certain style that doesn't work in these situations. I think it's more just kind of random. And at the same time, I mean, the Giants with the bases loaded and no outs, if you're pressing as a team, it does feel like they they kind of try to do too much. And Wilmer Flores, you don't often see him swing at a pitch like that. It might be one of the worst swings I've ever seen Wilmer Flores take. And it came at a really bad time. If he simply lays off that pitch, I'm going out on a limb and saying the Giants find a way to win this game. So talk about a game of inches. I mean, Wilmer Flores just making one decision can decide an entire game. And I think it did last night. So Logan Webb was great, went seven innings, allowed a solo homer, but that was it against what he called the second best lineup essentially that he's ever faced. Dom Leone had a good inning. Tyro Estrada made a key error, but then made up for it on the next play. Camilo Duvall gave up a run in the ninth, but I refuse to like focus on the pitching being the problem in a game in which you allowed only two runs to score. The problem was the Giants only scored one run in this game, and and ultimately it came down to those two situations late in the game. But before that, they got shut down by Max Fried. So that's a continuing problem for the Giants. They seem to just go completely quiet for long stretches of time too often. So what can be done about that? You just got to play better. And I think that it's becoming apparent that this team could use some help on the position player side in some kind of way at the trading deadline by the trading deadline which is just over a month away and Farhan Zaidi I just must mention before the season started pointed out that they were in a position to add at the deadline in terms of taking on payroll and a significant contract at the trading deadline and he also said that this year who knows it might happen sooner than it happened last year so I just want to point that out it was pretty oddly specific when he said that and so I've started seriously thinking about who are the guys who are out there who could be acquired in trades. There aren't, unfortunately, there's not like a Chris Bryant, except maybe Wilson Contreras, honestly, on the Cubs. Someone I've talked about all since last offseason as a fit for the Giants. And I think that's still true as Austin Wins has cooled off with the bat. Kurt Casale has cooled off with the bat. So they're still not getting much out of the catcher position offensively but most teams aren't so that's the thing but if you have Wilson Contreras you suddenly are but he's not a great pitch framer and so does that I mean that matters in a big way and it wouldn't help the Giants who have had struggles defensively if suddenly they're having struggles with pitch framing as well so there aren't a ton of great obvious candidates to be acquired in trades but I've seriously I've started thinking about it more seriously and looking at possible names and we'll definitely talk about that as the season continues to grind on. So coming up tonight, it's uh, Anthony DiSclefani. Tony DiSclefani is going to be activated off the injured list, off the 60-day injured list. So they're going to have to make a 40-man move for in order to add him. So that is going to be something interesting to watch out for, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. And you're going to go up against Spencer Strider. As I said, he's a young right-handed pitcher who's having like a monster season in part out of the bullpen for the Braves. But... He's kind of just been blowing people away, and he's getting a shot to start. I don't know how stretched out he is, but he's look for him to be blowing smoke out of the gates, uh, Spencer Strider. So it's a four-game series, and like I said, try to split this series. You, now you have to win two out of three in order to split, which is tough, but just grind every single game, and, and we'll be back tomorrow talking about uh, tonight's matchup with Di Sclafani and Strider. 
Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey experts, and the draft experts of the Locked on NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be with you tomorrow. Stay locked on Giants.